0: Welcome to the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. I'm here today with my co-host, John Curry. John, welcome back. Glad to be here, Steve. Looking forward to this next topic. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. So, um, last time you kind of spilled the beans on my million dollar project, and uh, we promised everybody, I think we teased that pretty uh, mercilessly on the last episode. and we promised everybody we'd come back today and talk a little bit more about it. And so um, I'm going to let you lead us off because I know this, this made an impact on you when I sent it to you.
1: It did. And so I'm going to just talk briefly about why I think this should be a topic today. And for everyone who's listening, what I have in my hand, and Steve just told me before we started recording that we'll figure out right a way that if you want this, you can get it. But here's what Steve is a genius at doing. I can't do what he does. I'll sketch something out. But because of his engineering background, he knows he how to draw some nice, pretty stuff. And he's a very detailed thinker. So what I have in my hand is his visual of going to another level of helping his clients, some are who in our industry, by the way, advisors, go to another level. And all the stuff here, we can all do by ourselves. And we are, most of us. And we're not doing it in an organized efficient effective process and way and what he's pulled together are ways of doing it and some things we talked about before Steve was like because of your encouragement I now have my podcast the John Curry secure talk podcast that people love uh, and we're getting good feedback on it and that's helped with the marketing so part of what you have here is how to use podcasts too. So the, what I want to do is have you walk through not only the steps in it, but how you came up with them and then share with them how they can take the same idea, sketch out what they want on a piece of paper, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and start getting some structure so they have a system they can follow consistently. So absolutely. Take some time to share share what you came up with
0: and why. Well, and so so the the genesis of this is really it's I first came up with the sketch about three years ago, and I wrote about it in um, in uh, our Unstoppable CEO Confidential newsletter which uh we no longer publish but we we did for about four years had a, had a paid newsletter that folks paid over a thousand dollars a year to subscribe to and i this was one of the issues of that and it, in a kind of early form and it was interesting because i got a letter back from uh one of our clients and uh it was this long handwritten letter and he said when i opened it up it was like the the you know, grand unified theory of marketing and sales. First time I'd ever seen it this clear. Um, And that told me I was onto something because I thought this was a a fairly sophisticated guy. Um, You know, he's already knew a lot about marketing and sales. So um, I felt like I was onto something there. Um, I, John, as you know, I've been kind of a student, just like you're a student of how to craft a secure retirement for someone. I've been a student of how do you grow a a professional service practice over time, over the course of the, the whole existence of the business. And how do you do it in a way? So you're not just jumping from tactic to tactic to tactic and getting frustrated, or you're just saying, well, I'm not going to do any marketing. I'm just going to, you know, go to the chamber thing and shake some hands and hope that I run into a prospect. Um, but how do you actually build it into one unified system? And, uh, I've seen lots of people take different approaches and lots of people make mistakes in different areas. And it just came to me one day, like this visual just came to me like, this is, it's just this simple. It's not easy necessarily to implement all of it, but it's just this simple. And and we'll, um, what we'll do John is we'll, um, we're going to put up a page on our site. Um, and, uh, and folks who are listening, you can go and, and download this. We'll just put a link up where you can get it. Um, so if you go to um, unstoppableceo.net/aic for Advisor Inner Circle. So unstoppableceo.net/aic. We'll put a page up there where they can download this um, and grab it. But um, that way you can see what we what we're going to talk through. But I'll talk you through it in the meantime. So started thinking about like. a a complete and total marketing and sales process for our kinds of businesses because they're different than selling products. You know, a lot of the sales training that's out there is designed to be able to sell literally widgets, physical products. And I think that's an easier job. It's not easy, but it's an easier job than trying to sell something that's completely intangible. And John, I often say in my presentations about all the advisors I work with that you guys actually have the hardest sales job of all because you're selling something that, in the case of life insurance, the primary buyer can't use until they're dead. And I know we can quibble and argue about that, but that's their perception, right? So it's, this is a tough thing we're all trying to do here. We're selling something that nobody can touch and feel. They can't put it in a bag and carry it home. Um, and, and it's harder to do, and it requires a great deal of trust, and we're usually asking them to invest a lot of money. And that's a different game. So it, it starts with a foundation and I found over the years that we've, we've been working with business owners now for almost a decade, helping them implement pieces and parts of this as we got clearer on them. It starts with a foundation. So at the bottom of this diagram, there's a, a, recti- a rectangle that runs the, the width of the page and it says ideal client solution plus irresistible offer framework. And I believe that that is the foundation of growing this kind of practice. So how those two work together and where, John, where I think so many businesses go off the rails and why they have trouble growing is they don't know who their ideal client is. They're not focused on um, a single target market or at least one or two or three target markets. And we've talked about that in in previous episodes. So I'm not going to go deep into the details of that but the other thing that they're generally lacking is an irresistible offer, you know? And so the financial advisor will show up and say, well, I'm selling financial products. The architect will show up and say, well, I'm selling architectural services and, and on and on and on. The CPA will show up and say, I'm selling tax preparation, but nobody wants to buy financial products. Nobody woke up this morning and said they wanted to buy architectural services or tax preparation. So you've got to think about how are you gonna package up what you're doing and create an offer and actually create multiple offers from what's my offer to get in front of people in terms of an offer for a presentation, what's my offer to get people in my office for an appointment and what do they get out of that? And what's my offer ultimately uh, of the transformation that I'm going to create for them when they become a client. Um, and most people don't think through those. You've done a very good job, John, of thinking through that. So, you know, if we break that down, you have multiple presentations that you invite people to, and each one has its own offer and promise of an outcome that they're going to get out of that, which is greater knowledge, of whether it's around Social Security or Medicare or building a secure retirement. You've created all of these offers that get you in front of people. And then you've created an offer around your appointment, which is called the focus session. You want to tell them about what, what is the focus session about? What does focus stand for?
1: Well, I uh, took the idea while I was a strategic coach about DOS, I said, DOS is good, Dangerous, Opportunity, Strengths. I said, but I, I want something that will cover a little bit more. So focus is, let's talk about your future. So the F stands for future and family. So let's talk about your future. What are your opportunities? What are your concerns? Where are you unique? And what are your strengths? So I found that offering that, so sit with me face-to-face or by telephone, and we'll talk, we'll focus on your future. We'll focus on your retirement. So the word focus worked for me because it's a focused session and we'll determine at the end of that, do we pick one little thing and work on it or do we look at everything? So it's a focus and it's a way to get someone to be engaged initially. That's non-threatening. And then when they walk out the door, I tell them, if you never come back, what we give you and the notes you make will help you. No charge for it, just sit. Now, the reality is there have been a few times where I've actually charged a fee uh, to take someone through the focus section. I don't do it now because of the way compliance is, but back 2003 when I put it all together, we didn't have to worry about compliance taking a percentage of the fees. You could just charge a fee, but that world has changed, so I had to modify it some.
0: Well, so let's let's break that down a little bit because I want to make this idea of an offer really clear because, this again, this is the foundation. If you you don't get this in place, everything else is going to be more difficult. Not impossible, but more difficult. So wow. most advisors will offer an initial consultation, right? Is that what right. that's usually called? Yep. So let's just compare the excitement around an initial consultation and a focus session where we're going to talk about your future and your family and your opportunities and your concerns. Uh, Concerns and your uniqueness and your strengths. And at the end of that, you're going to get a tangible set of notes and ideas that are going to help move you towards a better future, right? Correct. That's a heck of a lot more compelling than going to see a financial advisor. And in everyone's mind, I know you all like to call yourselves financial advisors. Do you know what everybody else, all your prospects, think you are? They think you're. Yeah, you're either an insurance salesperson or a stock salesperson in their minds. That's right. You can call yourself whatever you want. You're not going to change that positioning easily. Okay, that's what they're and they're fearful of that. And so, if it's just an initial consultation, they know what that is. That's your opportunity to, as John, I know you like to say, to to uh, have a cash ectomy on their wallet, and they they think they're going to get hypnotized or hit over the head, and they're going to walk out poorer than they walked in, right? That's right. That's what they think. That's what they think. So really, though, all you've done there, it's the same meeting. It's the same meeting, but you've created this offer around it where now you're very, very
1: clear about what's going to happen. It's the same meeting, but here's where it's different. Most financial advisors in that initial consultation, what are they talking about? Themselves. How great they are, the company, how great the company is, and the products. Guess when we talk about that? At the end, if never. At the end. we talk about it. I'll say, look, let's focus on you. The whole purpose of this is to focus on you and learn what's important to you, learn what matters to you. So let's start by this. Why are you here? And either they'll start blurting out, well, we've heard you're really good with Social Security, you're, you're good at Medicare. Uh, We need help on our retirement plan. They'll tell me what their hot button is. And by the way, they when they complete my questionnaire, there are four questions asking them what's important to them. So that helps. But now it's all about them. And that's where you're headed here in just a minute with what you've put together is now if I listen to you and I demonstrate that I'm listening, I'm paying attention and you have a problem that I have the solutions for then you're going to be ready. It goes back to what you said before about problems and solutions. And once they know they've got a problem and they want a solution and they determine I'm their guy, then the products becomes easy. Yeah, it is. It, it's a foregone
0: conclusion. They've already made the other two important purchases in the process that didn't cost them money
1: but were important decisions they had to buy into. Right. I say it this way, and yours is more eloquent. Now look, I think that they they sold themselves that I am the guy without me having to sell them because of the power of the questions. But if I just broiled it out, you know, you've got a big future ahead of you, Steve. But you know, you could die or become disabled, and the future disappears, and your wife suffers. Well, first of all, you don't believe you're going to die or become disabled anytime soon, so you, know, you don't really you don't care. You know, we could go on for. Matter of fact, we should do a whole session just on a focus session. In fact, sure. but I'm get, I want to get back on track with what you were covering. to because This is powerful stuff. Well, but and, and, and I, I, don't want to, I don't want to
0: shortchange this idea of the offer. Okay. When you get an offer that you can communicate clearly and what the value of that is, and, and maybe you can come up with one that's even got a higher perceived value than what John's done with the focus session. Don't steal the focus session, steal the idea of it, apply it, make it your own. And um, and what you're doing there is you're shifting the perception of that and you're making it more valuable in the mind of the prospect, right? And that's important to compel action, to get them to the solution that they need. But John, you've also got an offer, an ultimate offer that you're making to all of your clients. And that offer is that I am the secure retirement method guy. My offer is that if you work with me, my duty to you is to create for you a secure retirement. That's your offer. Correct. That's a powerful offer. And you, you know, your offer isn't, we'll make you a bunch of money in the market. Your offer isn't, not that you could do that, but uh, make that, uh, that claim. But, you know, your offer isn't work with me. I'm really great guy. It's all about them. And it's about what they want. They desperately want to know that they're going to have a secure retirement and you've crafted an offer out of that understanding. And that's why the ideal client solution and the irresistible offer framework go together and they're the foundation. And once you have those on top of that, we layer what we call the target 100 solution, which is getting really, really now, specific in terms of naming names of who are the next 100 best clients that I'm going to go
1: acquire. And let's address that for a moment because I shared with you this morning at breakfast that I'm going, I even told April on the way drive back from uh, breakfast to the office, that I want to go through our client database and identify the people that we should be working with at another level, whether it be deeper or broader and with their adult children because you, it's so tempting to be chasing new people when you've got such a big gold mine or oil well right there in your database. And as you said in the last episode regarding uh, Jay Abraham, we have an obligation. I think it's a moral obligation. I think you said the breakfast to get our clients to engage with us and buy anything and everything we have if it's truly in their best interest to help them. If we don't at least offer then we have shortchanged them. I think that's a good paraphrase of what you said this morning.
0: Yeah, it is. And and that's the way I feel about the Million Dollar Project. I feel that this, that what we've laid out here, if a professional service individual or firm implements it, then their success is inevitable. And I have a moral obligation to do everything in my power to educate them on this and how it makes their success inevitable and why I think it's important and why I think it will transformation their experience in their business and their family's experience of living in a professional service business. And I grew up in one. My dad's a CPA, owned his own firm uh, from the time that I was nine years old. And I lived through the feast or famine as a kid. I can remember, I, I just got... I got chills thinking about this. I can remember riding in the back of, of uh, my parents' station wagon and uh, my dad had merged his firm with another big firm in town and it was supposed to be all this great thing. Well, what happened was that one of the partners in that other firm didn't like the merger and ended up deciding he just wasn't going to bill for like a year. Yeah, he was taking money, you know, and, and all this. And so it created all of this strain on our Family finances at the time, and I really wanted to go. I was in high school and I was playing soccer, and and I desperately wanted to go to this very expensive uh, goalkeeping camp, and and I couldn't go. And I will never forget that experience. Um, and and the cause of that was this feast or famine. You know, had had my dad been a really great marketer a really great salesperson and he's not, he's a really great accountant. Um, We might not have experienced that. And I have taken that with me. And let me tell you, I get up and work through things that, and do things now that I never thought I would be able to do in my business because I have worked very hard not to ever give my kids that experience. And I work really, really hard. And the reason I started this business is so that none of my clients' kids ever experience that either.
1: So that's your purpose. So you take all this together. It's great but if you don't have a purpose, something that drives you to go do it, you'll lose energy. You'll get the idea, but you won't fall through. So one of the things you just heard there, folks, is you got to have a purpose. What is the purpose? What drives you? What will drive you through times of when it's tough? What will drive you through when you had 10 people in a row saying, I don't care how great you think you're, I'm not interested. What will drive you when you just reach a point of where you're drained and you say, why the hell am I doing this anymore? Because if you haven't experienced that, you will eventually. And I, I first of all, thank you for starting this
0: podcast and giving me the opportunity to tell what I tell you what I just told you. I've never expressed that publicly before. So I, I think that'll, that's powerful uh, for me anyway. Um, and it will be for our clients. So that's the power of the million dollar project. Um, and uh, and so I started laying this out and there are three parts to it. So as you begin to think about your marketing and you've laid that foundation, you've, you've identified your ideal client, you've created your irresistible offer, you've identified the first 100 of those ideal clients that you're going to go acquire by name. Not generally, but literally you have a list and you have their first name and their last name and their email address and their phone number and their mailing address, everything you can know about them in a list. Then we get to the marketing. And I've seen people screw up marketing so many times and in so many different ways, and it's just not that hard. There are three parts to it. There's what I call the attention ladder, which is how we generate leads. There's what I call the omnipresence advantage, which is how we do this really difficult thing of getting total strangers to believe that we're the guy or we're the gal and trust us enough to hand over, in your case, John, and for everyone listening to this, their nest egg, their life savings, in my case, to hand over the future of their business. That's the way we look at it. And that's how we create that trust is through what I call the omnipresence advantage. And then the, the third piece, which on this diagram is over on the right side, is called the sales breakthrough. And I, you know, I, I think in, in the world of financial advisors, you guys are probably light years ahead of a lot of the businesses we deal with. But if I'm dealing with an accountant or an architect or an engineer or a coach or a consultant, they're usually really, really great at the technical aspect of what they do, but they're definitely afraid of selling most of the time. And we've created a very simple process to allow them to sell with authority. And so, we, John, we can we can dive into all of these. Um, and there's an order of operation here that I think is important. In other words, you could, if you, imp- if you implement these out of order, you're gonna create
1: problems for yourself. So where do you want to go next? I want to talk about the, the visual that you have in the very center of this from the standpoint of you, you have a, a one big circle and a small circle. You have you in there, and then you have these lines and different people in there, So, or different words. Share that, and then what I want to do is I want to bring this to a way of how – and what I want to do is I want to do this again, but I want to do it in a manner of where people can have a visual – so that um, with, with you offering that visual now, we'll figure out a format later. I, I think this is something we should even consider doing a webinar on for people. Sure. Some, yeah. So what, If there's
0: interest, so if there's interest in us doing a, a webinar on all of this, just uh, email John at, what uh, are you, john underscore curry at glick.com? That's right, glick.com. And I'm steve at unstoppableceo.net. So just drop us an email and, and let us know if you got interest. If there's enough interest, we'll, we'll do a webinar.
1: I want to set the stage. One, so I want to explain this visual a little bit different than what you just did there. So Steve talked about the very bottom ideal client solution plus irresistible offer framework. And then target the 100 would be the 100 people that you've identified that you would like to get as a client you know enough about them to know that they are someone worthy of your time to go after. Would that be correct so far? Yes, absolutely. And then you've got three, what I would call major concepts, the attention ladder. And that is a three-step process also of where you're getting people into your system by getting their attention. Because if you don't have their attention, you don't have a chance. So you got to get their attention. Hey, uh I've got something I think is of value. Uh, if you agree, then enter my world. And we'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Then once they're in your world, they're going to get something, either email, books, social media, podcasts, webinars, seminars, et cetera. We'll come back to that. And then once they're inside that world, you got to determine, do we engage? And you've got here Pre-sale presentation, a simple sales conversion, and then they become a new client. So, take us through this thing, okay? the shortcut. It somebody gets into your world, either you sent them an email, they heard about you. Doesn't matter. They're now inside your world. So, talk about that big circle. And once they know who you are, of how you use. The skills that you have, and the technology and ideas to get them to want you,
0: right. So that that circle in the middle is what we call the omnipresence advantage. What we're trying to create is this sense of omnipresence within your tightly defined market. So everywhere they look, there you are. I'm going to repeat that. Everywhere they look, there you are. Yeah. And 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 there you are with an idea where they go. Oh, that's good I need that and with an email oh that's really good or you're giving a presentation or you're seen with somebody that they recognize and, and John we can talk about how you do this because you're a master at this um, but the idea and this is it if, if you're not if this is not your first day in the business um, and I'm gonna assume for most everybody listening to this this is not day one for you then you probably already have people in your world Yes. and, and the the place where people get sideways on marketing is they will go and try and implement what we call the attention ladder to try and get new people in without having the omnipresence advantage in place first and you end up it's it's like dumping leads into a bucket that has no bottom they just flow out the bottom if you don't sell them right away so put this in place first and the the easiest way to start it is either with an email newsletter that you send weekly or I personally think a better option is a podcast that you do weekly because the podcast actually gives you some leverage it allows you to kind of create your omnipresence piece where you're showing up again and again and again at the same time that you begin doing lead generation because you're going to interview people who could be potential clients or sources of referrals and we've talked on another episode about how to use a podcast so Go listen to that. We went deep on how to use a podcast uh, to, to do both of those things. But you get a lot of bang for your buck out of a podcast in that one activity. But there are other things that need to happen in there. So you record a podcast. That's great. Well, you also want to email everybody that's in your world every time you have a new episode. You want to do that in such a way where they go, oh, I wonder what, wonder what John Curry's got for me today. I'm going to listen to that. Okay? And you put it out on LinkedIn or on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media, you know, where your people are gathered and you put it out there. So everywhere they look, there you are. Okay. We're taking the one thing, a podcast, and repurposing that investment in different ways to create the perception of omnipresence.
1: And the part I'm the weakest on is the social media. We've not been posting it on LinkedIn or Facebook. That's coming uh, April has informed me we will be doing some of that within rules of compliance. But the the things that we have been really good at is making sure that either by a postcard or a newsletter that people know these podcasts exist. And I'm constantly looking for new topics and people to interview. But i got to share this with you. On the flight up to Philadelphia Monday, I was fascinated by on the lady flight to Atlanta to Philadelphia uh, got to talking with her. her. Her name, her name's Marguerite. She's 76 years old, 76 years old, flight attendant, been in the business over 50 years. And I was just impressed with her energy, her personality. So uh, she was taking care of the first class. So I took a few minutes and stepped aside and talked to her up front. I said, I would love to interview you for my podcast. She said, What kind of podcast? And I said, On retirement planning. And I said, I interview people that have either retired or they're thinking about retiring or doing something unusual. And I said, I got to ask you, how old are you? And she told me, she said, I'm not going to tell you my age, but I'm 76 and smiled real big. But she's agreed that I can interview her. But, but see, those are things when you see someone that brings energy, and makes you feel good. You can share that with the world through a podcast. So now I can demonstrate, OK, here's a person 76 to a working because she loves what she's doing. And she confided in me that pretty soon I'm going to step aside because I'm getting tired of the aggravation factor. But I love the work itself. I love the people. I love the interaction with the passengers. But, but that's an example of finding something that people have purpose and passion for and you share it. Well, so let's talk about I mean, because somebody may be listening to this and go,
0: why in the world will you interview somebody who could never possibly be a client and you probably never see again? And the, the reason that that's a brilliant interview, John, um, and congratulations on observing that and taking action on it. But the reason that it's brilliant is because the job of your omnipresence engine is to hold attention. Okay, we're going to talk about the attention ladder in a minute. The job of the attention ladder is to capture attention. Okay, but you've got to now hold it because... A lot of the people that you'll capture the attention of are not going to, they're not going to become a client today. They may become a client in a week, a month, a year, maybe in some cases a decade, but you're investing in creating that and opening that relationship and capturing that attention. And you're a fool if you're not figuring out how to hold that attention over time. And that interview that you're going to do, John, is going to be interesting to your audience, to the people you want to be present for, omnipresent for, and you're going to hold their attention a little bit longer.
1: And let's be honest, some of the people may never become a client, and some people who tell me they will do a webinar have fallen off the charts. So when I call her, she may decide not to do it, but if she doesn't do it, it's okay. It got me thinking, okay, this I had the I had the courage to step up and say, I would love to interview you for this. Would you do it? So, just the process of me sharing what I'm doing and the idea makes it even bigger in my mind to keep looking for these potential interviews. Right. Makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, the whole
0: goal of, of, of omnipresence is to hold that attention over time because that's how you stay in the game long beyond
1: your competitors. And it's not easy to do because even some of the people that I talk with, will say, well, I, I love this interview. I didn't care so much about this one, but at least they listen to part of it. <laughs> at least they're aware of it. <laughs>
0: you're not going to please them all the time, but you're showing up. Yes, and, um, and that's really difficult for people. So, you know, I see a lot of business owners that their idea of trying to be omnipresent, if they're lucky, is they go to a handful of chamber events a month and maybe a handful is being generous. They might not go to that many. And, you know, with the people who are spending the most money with them, they hopefully remember to call them, you know, maybe once a month or once a quarter, but the people that haven't done business with them yet, they largely ignore and and you're ignoring your future when you do that. Um, the key to making it happen is you've got to create a system that will allow you to create relationship or the feeling of relationship in your prospect and do it at scale, which is one of the beautiful things about this particular medium with a podcast is they hear your voice. They get to know you. Um, I used to do email marketing um, and I wrote a daily email and uh, every weekday and that helped, but we've a hundred xed the The ability to create relationship or the feeling of relationship in the mind of a prospect by allowing them to hear my voice, Um, and so don't let them see your face. Yeah, I know I got a (laughs) face. What's that expression?
1: I got a face for radio.
0: (laughs) That's the omnipresence advantage, and it is—it's your unfair advantage in the marketplace if you'll do it. It is an absolute unfair advantage in the marketplace. It is a game changer for you if you will do it. One of the reasons that that we started. And, and we created our, our growth flywheel program, which is a done for you where we execute the podcast for people. You know, all you've got to do is show up and talk and, and, and do the episodes. Um, is that it's, there's too many moving parts. It's too difficult uh, and, um, and most people won't do it. And so um, we, we've, for, you know, we've tried to kind of remove that for folks who are open to it, but, uh, but it truly is an unfair advantage.
1: Uh, but let me yep. let me do a little shameless plug here, too, folks. Steve uh, is the one who convinced me to do the podcast, encouraged me to do. Them. I knew I wanted to, but didn't know how. And because of his service, I do them, and would we'll be doing more and more because I'm convinced that it's the way to go. Years ago, I did audio CDs and we'd mail them out to people to prospect. Still do some. I have some of the interviews you did of me on my stand-up desk in there now, and some that Marjorie when she interviewed me. I have hundreds of each that we'll be sending out to our Dream 100 list, our Target 100. Yep. I want them to get something hard copy too. But I would encourage you that if you want to learn more about that, um, to you know, send Steve an email and say, I want to know more about it. But yeah, that, absolutely. I, I think it's something you could help people with if they're interested. I, I know that's a shameless plug, but they need to know about it, Steve. That's okay. We're all, hey, we're all in the sales business, aren't we? Yes, we are. What
0: the make That's what makes the world go round. Um, so if we move over to um, the left side of this diagram, the attention ladder, um, it was a day about three, three and a half years ago. This just kind of came to me just in like a flash. You ever had that happen where you just got the idea. It was so clear to you in an instant. Yes. And I had been watching clients make a big mistake with paid media and they were, Uh, At the time it was when Facebook ads were new and it was sort of the wild, wild west of Facebook ads and you could sort of game that system and and largely that's gone away. Um, But for a couple of years, you know, you could get attention pretty cheaply without doing a whole lot of work. Um, That's no longer the case with either Facebook or Google ads, Um, you know, and that's just part of the evolution of those platforms. But I saw people making big mistakes with that because they would try and and sell something that is expensive and requires a high degree of trust with uh, a type of media that didn't necessarily support it. And they didn't have that omnipresence back end to deepen trust and grow it over time. And they're just losing. I mean, they're just throwing money out the window. Um, And and they also didn't have an offer in place that made any kind of sense. So they were actually trying to experiment with their offer while they were paying for advertising, which is an incredibly expensive way to hone your offer. And, um, you know, and I, I kept hearing people say, well, you know, we have to do this because it's the only thing that scales, you know, referrals don't scale. And that's a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. I've proven that referrals scale. Um, I've personally generated in one referral event, 5,268 referrals. So I've proven that they scale, and we've repeated that with many thousands since then in our own business and for our clients using our unstoppable referrals method. So I started thinking about this, and there's, there's really three ways to think about getting someone's attention. In other words, going out and getting people to, to be attracted to you. And there's um, referrals and kind of manual prospecting, and that's the first rung on the ladder. On this attention ladder. And then the next one up from that is paid media. And then the one at the top of that is public relations or PR. And I would see a lot of people get really, really frustrated because they would try and jump to the top of the ladder or they'd try and jump to paid media um, before they really had all the other things in place. So they might not be clear on who their ideal client is, which if you try paid media and you're not clear on that, you might as well. Why don't you just send me the check? Just send me the check. I'll deposit it in the bank. You won't get anything out of it, but at least I'll feel better and, and you, you, won't have to
1: pay.
0: you won't have to pay Mark Zuckerberg. Or somebody <laughs> else. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that'd be an infinitely better solution. You're going to get the same result out of it, right? Um, and if you don't have an offer in place that's really compelling, you're not going to get anything out of it. It, it. It's that Most mediums right now for advertising are so noisy, that it's very difficult to stand out and, and you've got to have a really good offer. And on top of that, it's harder than ever for uh, folks, John, in your business to be able to do those successfully with compliance challenges. So um, rather than make those mistakes or in trying to jump to PR, it's not, the PR, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's very, very difficult to take a write-up in a newspaper and turn that into a consistent stream of customers. Maybe you'll get a quick pop of you know, for a week or two, but it's hard to sustain anything on that. And because you don't control what the media does, maybe you can influence it, but you don't control it at all. Um, it's hard to build a business on that. And I've seen people try and do it and fail miserably. But one thing that's eminently con- eminently under your control are referrals if they're done in the right way, um, which we talk about in Unstoppable Referrals. And, um, a- and you're prospecting. And one of the ways that we think professionals can do really well with prospecting is marry that with a podcast. So rather than it just be a cold call, you're inviting that potential client to appear. And it works especially well if you're selling to business owners, invite them to appear on your podcast and build a relationship that way that then can move into to doing business. Um, and what we've seen with our clients is if they come in and and they are struggling with the ideal client idea and the irresistible offer idea, we can still get them pretty quick results by focusing on referrals and podcast prospecting. Because with those two mediums, because you're not spending a lot of money to get in front of people and they're fairly forgiving mediums because they're relationship heavy already you know, if somebody's being referred to you, they're coming with the endorsement of someone else. If you're getting them on a podcast, you're building a relationship in a powerful way to begin with, that you can have an offer that's not quite as compelling as it could be and still get success with it. You can be a little off on your ideal client definition and still be successful. You'll be close enough. Whereas if you're gonna pay to advertise, boy, you better hit the bullseye every time. And so that's why we created it that way. So it's this idea of a ladder. So start off on the, at that bottom rung. And for frankly, for a lot of advisors, you probably never need to go much beyond that. For a lot of the businesses we work with, they never need to go much beyond that. They can create all that they need just out of that first rung. But if you want to get there and get sophisticated, then you can move your way up. But you've got the foundation in place to be successful there.
1: I love it. Um, I'm doing an ad in Tallahassee Magazine because of the Tallahassee 100 Club and this $995 ad. And it was funny when I was first approached about it, I said, This is the ad I want to run. And I was told, Well, you can't run that ad. We won't do that. That's okay. Great. Thank you. And they go, Well, how do you want to change that? I'm not. Because you want me to run just a regular ad just like a big, you know, image building, my ad shows me holding my tape measure and I can help you prepare for a secure retirement and then focusing on social security, et cetera, et cetera, like my message has. And then the call to action is to request my free info kit. And they, at first, the, the sales rep said, Well, they'll never approve that. I said, Well, tell Brian, he's the owner, I just tell Brian that I appreciate the offer, but I decline. And Guy called me back in about an hour. He goes, um, we will do your ad. We've got to reformat it a wee bit, but we won't change a word. And I said, great, thank you. Now, why would I spend $1,000? Because that is a particular publication that I know that in our community, Steve, that the movers and shakers look at that. I know that for a fact. And this is going to be a spread of the oldest business group, leads group in this community. So I know a lot of business people are going to be flipping through there. So I'm going to stand out. So it's worth a thousand dollars. But if it just been a brand image, <clears throat> I wouldn't want it. Well, let's talk about that. And that's
0: the other reason that that most businesses just absolutely fail with advertising of any kind, whether it's direct mail or or anything, uh, any kind of paid media. Um, the ad you're talking about has a specific call to action, probably to get some information, right? that's great request my book and information kit that's right right so it's a lead generation ad correct most ads that small businesses run whether it's professional practice or financial advisor or whatever it's um, call us when you need us basically is the message it's here we are we're super great we're better than everybody else here's our phone number There's no compelling reason going back to the idea of an irresistible offer. There's no irresistible offer that will make them take action. And there's no way for you to measure whether or not that ad works. And so if you're not at the point where you're educated enough to be able to do that effectively, then don't waste the money there. Put your money in a place where you have a high likelihood of getting a return. And that's the idea of the attention ladder. So I know we're going long here, John, do you want to, um, kind of shift over to what
1: what we call the sales breakthrough I do because I think that's the most powerful thing uh for the folks on the telephone today, and then another time we'll do more detail, but I know we've got a few minutes left so let's talk about that so you've created this
0: omnipresence advantage for yourself, right, and you're holding the attention of the people in your market that you want to do business with uh, over time, which means you're touching them on a weekly or maybe every other week at at the minimum um, you know, throughout the year. And in every one of those touches, you're giving them an opportunity to take a next step with you. And that next step could be to come in and have an appointment, but I would argue that a better next step would be a lower commitment next step first and one that would prepare them and sell them on having the sales conversation with you. And what, We advocate with our clients is that you create an always available on demand on your website pre selling presentation. So you send out that weekly email with that latest podcast episode, and they think you're just absolutely brilliant, and they've seen you 32 times now because you've shown up every week, and they keep seeing you post things on Facebook and all of this stuff. And then they get invited because at the end of the email, there's an invitation in every one of those that invites them to go to that pre-selling presentation. You know, or maybe it's to your live seminar if you're putting one on, but if you have one that's on demand even when you're not doing a live seminar, you can send people through this. And they go there and you use your ideas. In John's case, you're, you know, John you're using the secure retirement method and explaining what that is and why they need it and what problem it solves for them. And so we've talked before, John, about the three sales that are made. And, and the idea of that pre-sale presentation is it makes the first two sales. If, it ha- if they hadn't been made already, we want to make the first two sales in that pre-sale presentation. We want that prospect to get very, very clear on the problem that they have and the consequences of it. And The fact that there is a solution, we don't have to tell them exactly what the solution is. Obviously, it's going to be custom for every client, but that there is a solution. And actually, you are the solution. Meeting with you is the next step to the solution. And that tees up then the opportunity for them to schedule. And when we build these out for clients, we actually build it out. So they watch the presentation, they click a button, and they go directly to a page where they can schedule that sales conversation, that one-on-one conversation. And then we've got a framework for that, um, which some financial advisors may find useful. You may already have this. A lot of the clients we work with really struggle in the sales conversation, but we call it the simple sales conversation. And it's just a, a very easy way to have a conversation without our clients having to know a lot of fancy, you know, judo moves to overcome (laughs) objections and do all other stuff. Because a lot of the folks we work with aren't any good at that. But if they can have this very simple conversation, we have an outline that we take them through on how to have that, then they do pretty darn well. Because we've already prepared the prospect. The prospect has made that key buy in their mind. Mm. They bought
1: that client as their guy their gal all right let's let's break that down for a minute so first of all i'm the prospect so i don't want to waste my time either i don't want to waste my time so if i see a presentation whether it be a video or a listen to an audio presentation or a combination of the two and i listen and i go wow okay this person has hit a nerve they understand me they know what my problems are uh, they sound pretty good. They sound friendly. Sounds like that they have what I need. Now I'm willing to jump over the next hurdle and either have a telephone appointment with them or go see them face to face. That's really what's happening. That's what's happening in that, that pre-sale is I just, you're taking the attention to another level of, wow, this person is someone I'd like to learn more about and see if they can help me. I think they can. I'm not totally sold yet, but I'm getting closer and closer. And that is a powerful step that most people in our business don't do because they're fearful that the person's going to say no or not want to engage. Well, you know what? If you're not the right person for them, they shouldn't. So it's up to us to make sure that we're always doing what we need to do that's right for our client and position ourselves as being the person who can help them. But then if we find out that we're not the right fit, we need to be ethical about that and just simply say, Steve, this is not going to be a good fit. I, I'm not going to be able to do for you what you need done. May I suggest you talk with so-and-so. But what it does, it gets people able to qualify or disqualify themselves so it helps them and it helps us, the advisor. Do, your take on that. No, I, I agree completely. I think it's
0: such a powerful way to to tee up a sales conversation and um, and have them prepared to be effective it's it's better for them and it's better for you Um, when they come in cold they're really nervous they don't know where things are going to go they don't necessarily know what you're going to talk about but really what if you do the pre-sale presentation well you have completely set the stage and the agenda for the follow-on conversation And 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 if they show up to that sales meeting they've already bought you they bought the fact that you're the guy And that's important. And so, but not everybody, even with all of that, not everybody will become your client after that conversation. And one of the things that works with this is it's, it's got to fail safe. Okay. If they don't close, guess what? They're still inside your omnipresence engine. You're still dripping on them. You're still showing up. You're still holding their attention. And, you're deepening trust and reselling them on ideas. And sooner or later, they're going to come back around. But you're doing it at scale. You're not having to waste a lot of time doing it. You're able to communicate with one person as easily as you can communicate with 100,000 people. And so there's there's a lot that we've put into this that, that makes it really resilient. I I think it is the blueprint for growing our kinds of businesses. And John, if I look at, at your business, I mean, if we want proof that this works. Forget the, the two businesses I've built doing this. Um, if we look at your practice, um, you likely started at the bottom of the attention ladder and you had to prospect and you start. we talked before about how you did that with personal observation and then with referral. Okay. And then as you grew your business and honed your offer and got to the point where you were focused in on your ideal client, you began experimenting with paid media. The fact that you did that likely enhanced your uh, your credibility and your authority within the community and you began to get opportunities to appear in earned media. So I know you were on a one of the Sunday morning uh, news programs at one point and interviewed, which then you were able to take that and put it on DVD and share it. You've been... Um, on public radio and in other places where you're getting earned media, you've been in the newspaper. So these things have a natural kind of progression where they build on one another. Now, all the while, you had a way to stay omnipresent with those folks. You had, and we've talked about this in other episodes, you had pre-sale presentations from very early in your past in your practice. So even without knowing all of this, you built it. And and really I think what I've done is I've just looked at, at what you're doing at the businesses I've built at all of the businesses we have
1: helped grow
0: over the last 10 years. And, and this is the framework.
1: I agree totally. And I, and I think the, when I saw this on the PR side, I thought I'm not going to intentionally go out and look for a bunch of PR. It's a waste of my time and my energy. I'd rather spend my time. Well, I told you this morning, when I go to the economic club of Florida, Next time I go, it'd be, uh, next week I think it is, I will look around the room, as I always do, and I'll pull out my little notebook and I'll start jotting down the names of people. I'll look at the directory, the uh, newsletter on the back side of it. There are those of us that are sustaining members that give more money. I will look at that and say, okay, who on this list do I want to add to my dream list, my target list, if you will, to start marketing to them? Now, to take a little bit of homework, but we'll make sure that we go there. Same thing with the Tiger Bay, the organizations I go to. So I don't want to be a mass, be perceived as, okay, everybody in the room is going to try to uh, get you as a client. I'm looking around the room, just pick a few, and then I'm thinking in terms of prospecting from the standpoint, who do I want to interview on my podcast, who has a big network that they can lead me to, more than getting a sale. Because a one-shot sale is one thing, but if I can get you to agree to be on my podcast and be interviewed, if I can convince you to share that with other people and they find their way to me, voila. Yeah, and you actually likely will create both opportunities, both
0: to make the one sale and to get shared broadly, so. Well, we both um, know that has happened already. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, just bringing this all back around, so one of the reasons I know you brought this up, John, was we, in the last episode we talked about kind of expanding your thinking. Yes. And The reason that you dubbed this the million dollar project was because I texted you and I don't know how we're going to implement this or ultimately if we implement it. But I said, I I think the text to you was, I think I've come up with an idea where I could make the offer that I would guarantee a million dollars in revenue, in new annual revenue within three years. And of course, then they'd have that new annual revenue for as long as they didn't screw it up to a client that would come in and work with us for three years and allow us to implement all of this. And the tying this back to the last episode where we talked about expanding your thinking, um, that's a big jump of an idea for me. Yes, it is. And, um, and that's why you dubbed it the Million Dollar Project. And so now it is trying to figure out who I can, uh, collaborate with to make that a reality because I know it will transform the lives of
1: the people we want to be a hero to well let's do this let's talk about who versus how for just a minute and then I think next time next podcast we need to talk about that because uh, it, once you get the who in place for each project it needs to be done and you let them worry about the how you're going to discover that you multiply yourself and I'll just throw this out real quick yes on the drive back this morning from breakfast to the office, April and I were talking. We have an hour and a half session. We're done here over the phone. She's in Jacksonville. She had two interviews yesterday with clients. Remember I told you this one about having her interview clients to do reviews? Well, guess what? In both cases, business will occur, and I was not involved. And in one case, it's rather large. One's about $125,000 account. One's a half a million, about uh, 450000 So I was not involved. And these are clients that, that have been clients of mine for over 30 years. So she's able to take that relationship. So I'm going to make a lot of money without even being involved yesterday. Now, while she was doing those two interviews, I was doing two interviews that will result in rather large business. And I can see you on the screen because you and I can see each other. Now you, You've got this big old grin on your face. You're like a jackass eating briars. What's going through your head? Well, I'm sitting here thinking, well, uh, that
0: that's a great example of multiplication. Multiplication is way better than addition.
1: Oh, um, yes,
0: Most owners <laughs> are in the addition business. I, I always want to be in the multiplication business and you're in the multiplication business. Um, the other thing is I was thinking, what got me kind of chuckling here was, man, that's the best kind of money in the world. The kind that somebody else did all the work for. Right. Well, I did some work too now. Well, you've to
1: you, you, you got mm-hmm. the
0: client originally, you've got the relationship, you have built the system, you brought April in and, and have trained her to the point where she could do that. I'm not saying you didn't do any work.
1: But well, thank you. In that, you.
0: <laughs> it, in that <laughs> moment, grabbing that little piece of business from these clients did
1: not require any effort on your part. It didn't in even know about it until it was done, until the agreement was made. So now, but that's an example of building your process and your system, folks, and then having people around you, which we'll get into building your team later. But it's powerful. But it's difficult because it's difficult to let go of some things, but you cannot grow without letting go.
0: Absolutely. So anyway, I hope this was useful for everybody. I know we kind of went into a detailed discussion on marketing. We went really long today. Two takeaways for this. Number one, go and get the, um, the, the sketch that uh, we'll put up on unstoppableceo.net slash AIC. Advisor Inner Circle, A-I-C um, and uh, get the uh, get this, it will give you the roadmap for creating effective marketing and you don't have to put it all in place overnight. Rome was not built in a day. Um, if you need help in doing that, definitely reach out, happy to talk with you about that if we can be of service. Um, but the other thing that I think you ought to take away from this is that big ideas, sell big ideas create energy big ideas create excitement in the marketplace and in your own inside your own self so um think bigger think bigger
1: and it'll help your business any final thoughts john before we wrap up uh one fault when you get access to this print it out and go listen to this podcast again i think having this visual in front of you and hearing what steve was talking about be very powerful look i'm pretty good at this stuff steve but I have a copy of this, and guess what I'm doing? In my journal, I will be cutting out this little visual on this piece of paper, and it will be in this journal based on today's notes from breakfast because that's a powerful piece there. If people just simply look at that and said, okay, and I don't, I don't have the capacity yet to do all of this, maybe they only do one item on each side of this, and they start by building a way to collect the names that'll get them motivated and moving. Then as they think bigger, And grow they'll go out and find the right technology they'll find the who to implement this stuff whether whether it's you or somebody else helping them it doesn't matter but they'll figure it out absolutely absolutely and and truly whether whether it's us or somebody
0: else we we want you to implement these things because they will change your life Um, you know and and uh, we can only serve so many people so we'll we'll be just fine Um, but you need to implement these things so that your business is transformed. Uh, John, thanks again. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation and, and let's cover who not how. I think it's a critical concept from one of our mentors and I think it'll be very, very powerful for folks. I,
1: I agree totally. Steve, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. We've been together over half a day now. You know, we started at 745 this morning. I love it. And thank you for your willingness to share this. Cause I know this is something you're working on and you have an energy level that's off the charts. And I wanted people to hear, even if it is somewhat uh, difficult by not having the visual, but those who were serious will get the visual and they can listen to this again. Again, thanks, my friend. And thanks for everyone uh, for listening in.